0: Hi, welcome to Digital Nomad Stories, the podcast. My name is Anna Klasse and I am your host. I started this podcast because podcasts have literally changed my life. Because of podcasts that I listened to years ago, I realized it is possible to live as a digital nomad, travel the world while working remotely i since have started my own business and i travel the world i am living the dream and i want to share my story but also the stories of other digital nomads with you so that hopefully you get inspired and chase your dreams as well okay let's go hello hello welcome to a new episode of digital nomad stories the podcast today i'm joined here by wanda duncan and she is a fellow podcaster she has a podcast and online platform called Black Women Travel, and I am super excited to have her on the show today and to ask her about her story, about her travel story, but also about the platform that she's built online, because it looks really, really cool, and I want to know more, of course. So Wanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. So Wanda, let's just start with what you what you do. Like, Can you tell me more about Black Women Travel?
1: Yes. So actually, the platform started as a Facebook group. I was traveling back in 2016, and it was nice to be away from the United States and experimenting with the things that I wanted to learn. I was looking into like website development and design and maybe copywriting, stuff like that. And then I was like, I can't be the only one out here that's like me. And so I started looking around, and in 2017, I created this group, Black Women Digital Nomads. And then I wanted to be specific, right, because digital nomads encompasses all work online. So then I threw entrepreneurs on the end of that, because I have an affinity for very long, specific names, apparently. You <laughs> saw so it's Black Women Digital Nomad <laughs> Entrepreneurs. And then from there, I created the podcast in 2019. And later that year, the conference, the International Black Women Travel Jubilee. So that's everything. (laughs)
0: Yeah, awesome. We were just talking before we hit record and you've been podcasting weekly for two and a half years is what you said, right? Which is insane. Like that is so consistent. Wow. (laughs) Very impressive. So in 2016, you went abroad to travel. Uh, Did you also work from that moment on, uh, like immediately, or did you just travel first and then work online later? Was that something that you discovered later on?
1: I was very intentional. 2016 wasn't my first go around, so I made a bunch of mistakes earlier in 2010 and learned from that. Um, So in 2016, I had created what I called like a financial runway to give myself space and time to, you know, decompress from the American gaze or whatever lens and settle inside myself and figure out what it was that I wanted to do from that grounded place. So I, I wasn't initially like working. I had gotten like a trusted house sitters membership. So, you know, accommodation is going to be the most expensive. So like I was very intentional about giving myself as much room and space in order to explore and see what it was I was interested in building
0: yeah I see um I have a ton of questions about this but um first question how did you find out about trusted house sitters and everything and like how did you come up with this plan can you walk us through that because I think that is it can be so overwhelming right when you want to go abroad start something new and I think like you said you were super intentional about it and it's so good to hear that you gave yourself that time and you really had a strategy for that. It sounds like you really had a strategy for that. So can you tell us more about how you came up with this strategy?
1: So I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm working these crappy jobs. When I when I originally left Atlanta in 2010, I was working at CNN. So like, let's scoot back a little bit. I was working at CNN and quit the job that most people wouldn't because that's supposed to be like the height of your TV production career, right? Other than that, it's like local news and local news is not going to offer as many benefits or opportunities. Or so I hear, I never worked local news. (laughs) So I quit that and I went to El Salvador for six months and I went to Jamaica for three months and wound up right back in Atlanta working these crappy jobs. And I was like, maybe I'm too, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, but it's like, maybe I'm, I, this lifestyle is not for me. Maybe I just need to do the stuff that everybody else is doing. When I left in 2010, I packed too much. I had a storage unit. Oh, gross. I can't even move it. Storage unit. Tell me a horror story in two words. Storage unit, right? Um, I had a condo (laughs) that I wasn't able to rent out. like, rookie mistakes, all types of rookie mistakes. So when I was in this place where I was working these terrible jobs, I was just researching. Initially, like I was, you know, trying to buy into that Atlanta lifestyle and I was doing some projects around music that I was interested in doing. Then I was like, this is not it. I don't fit in here. This is not for me and I'm not going to try to make this work anymore. It's like any relationship, you know, where you're trying to make it work and it's like, is it you or is it me? Okay, it's you. It's, 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 it's time for me to go now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um that's that's what happened. So I just started researching. I started reading everything. I'm not much of a YouTube person, so I wasn't really watching the vlogs like that, but I was reading all the blogs, I was listening to the interviews, I was consuming, consuming, consuming. How are people making this work? And so that's where I got the ideas. I don't remember anyone in particular, um, just a bunch of different sources picking up stuff here and there about, you know, what to pack, how to pack, um, how to keep your costs low, like all that type of stuff. So I just kind of piecemealed it together for something that could work for me. And that's what happened. I went to work the happiest person ever because I was leaving. I was doing a lot of my research at work, as a matter of fact, because, you know, like these jobs, they don't really they don't use all of you. I know that's something you said, I think, in uh, on podcast, babes, you were just like, you're not able to walk into a position and use your whole self. That's exactly how I felt in Atlanta at any job that I ever work, worked. And so I got to do that in planning my trip. I got to to piecemeal together something that worked for all the parts of me. So, yes. Mm -hmm. I got my backpack I got my trusted house sitter membership I tried to get some house sits before I left that didn't really work out but that didn't end up mattering I got a buddy pass so like a friend of a friend worked at an airline I did not buy a ticket back and I have not been back in six years now so yeah
0: wow so what was your first destination was your first destination just wherever a house sitting got you or did you pick a destination and then a house sitting gig
1: You know what they say about plans. Um, I made a plan. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to start in Japan. So I'm leaving around Christmas, like a little bit before Christmas. And because I was on a buddy pass, like an airline employee was purchasing a ticket. So I was just paying like the taxes and fees or whatever. Uh, If you don't know what a buddy pass is, not you specific, but like listeners. So, But the airline was prioritizing at the time the weight of the plane, like payload versus bodies in the in in the plane and so I could never board like I showed up at the airport I can't tell, it must have been like three times maybe I slept at the airport at one point um just like trying to board this plane to Japan I was like I'm gonna start in Japan and then hop over to Vietnam this is gonna be great so out of exasperation I went to the it's Delta I went to the Delta desk and I was like girl where is open because I can't <laughs> I'm trying to leave, but I, I can't do this. And so they were like, London is wide open. And I was like, book it. So <laughs> that's what happened. First class. You it were
0: just done. You just wanted to leave. Where?
1: <laughs> of course, I'm not packed for London. It's in the middle of winter. It was New Year's Eve. I boarded New Year's Eve 2015, landed in London January 1st, 2016. Wasted because I was drinking on all- the Drinking the- I black at first glass. So that was really exciting. And so I'm at the airport cracking open my laptop trying to figure out where I'm going to stay, which was fine because I was I was buzzed like I was I'd made it I'd gotten somewhere. So with a hoodie and like this lightweight jacket that got me through a London winter and that's how I started my journey.
0: Wow. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely shows that you have to be flexible in this lifestyle, um, especially with these cool hacks. I mean, a body password airline, that is awesome. Like that saves so much money if you don't have to pay for your flight, uh, just the fees and everything. Um, but then, yeah, you probably have to be extra flexible. So then you end up completely different part of the world. How was your time in London? Can you tell us more about that? Cold.
1: <laughs> it was cold. It, I was so cold. Um. Yeah. It was fun though. You know, got out. so part of my strategy as well was like amassing all these points on my cards. So I got travel cards and like I was amassing points like bonkers. So I was able to, you know, book a couple of hotel nights uh to get me through whatever. I applied for houses. I got one and I think it was either one month or two months. Trusted House Sitters originates in England. So I think a lot of the original customer base is English. And even in other countries where I was able to house it, a lot of them were English people who just had properties in other countries. So that got me through. Um, I did England, I did Spain, France, Ireland, and a little bit of Italy. So yeah, but that initial winter when I first landed, I've had the three naughtiest labradors you've ever met in your entire life. They're like I don't, I don't know if they were rescues, but they were dogs that I, you get to learn a lot when you're around pets in this kind of environment, you know, house sitting taking care of other people's pets. They're food insecure, and so I went to bed terrified every night like did I lock everything up correctly because if I go down there in the morning, it's just it just might be a mess. Like they just might have opened up a cabinet like they were really really bad <laughs> and like on the walks like one slipped off like I had the homeowner call me like hey is everything okay actually no one of your dogs like slipped off and they were like yeah we know oh the God. neighbor's gonna bring her over now thank you <laughs> so it's like and then another one got like worms I had to take them to the vet on the bus like it was amazing it was it's just Aww. Lots of lived experiences, Um, but it was mine and I was happy to have it.
0: That's the stories that you can tell now. Like in the moment, it's probably not the best experience, but that's the stories that you tell the podcast now. (laughs) Right. And you were also on a quest to find your, I don't know if I can say purpose, but let's say thing to do (laughs) from that moment on in life. How did that go? Like, do you have any... Tips for other people who are also looking for their next step in life.
1: I don't know that I subscribe to the idea of a purpose. I believe that when you say I'm looking for my purpose, you are looking from the outside in and you are trying to brew down all of these intricate and yeah nuanced pieces of yourself into this really cute, elevator speech that you could just spit out to anyone who comes by you. We are very layered as people and we're interested in lots of different things. And so I think more my perspective on that is I was living and seeing what I could offer to the world that they were interested in paying me for, which is not a highly new concept. But I think if you approach it from the other aspect of I need to find my purpose or like I'm looking for my purpose or there's like one specific purpose for me. Then you bottleneck yourself and it's like crazy making, I think.
0: It's heavy. Yeah. Like to find that one thing. <laughs> right?
1: Like I don't know. I don't think that even exists. So that's yeah. that's exactly what I gave myself the space to do. And I don't know that that was as intentional. I think I was very much just feeling that out in the moment. Looking back, I can see that that's what I was doing I was seeing how I wanted to spend my time I was seeing how I wanted to connect with and with what kind of people I wanted to connect with which eventually brought me to where I am
0: I see so you're really looking for that next step so not what you can do the rest of your life like that's what people always ask you right what do you want to be when you grow up what do you want to do the rest of your life but more just what is one step from now
1: Something like that. I don't even know that that is, even that's too concrete. It's just like, okay, what are you going to do today? Okay, what are you going to do tomorrow? And like, what are you going to prioritize? Because that's really what it comes down to. A life is made up of a bunch of little moments that you've just sewn together. And it's great to have like this five year, 10 year plan. But that's, I think, more so for people who maybe you have an established business or something when you're first starting off. Like, it's really hard to shine a light on the future because you're building something in the present and trying to understand what's happening in the moment to even see if there is a future. So it's just, you, you asked if there was a specific piece of advice and I think that that is just give yourself space. And I don't know that we have that. Give yourself space to experiment and, and try some different things because you never know where those things will lead. And don't put too much pressure on those things to make money in the beginning. Some advice is to, like, do things that don't scale. So, yeah, just give yourself some space to explore. Give yourself space to fail. And I don't know that we embrace that concept enough as travelers, as entrepreneurs, especially as travelers. There's so much failure that happens. Um, But, yes, give yourself space to experiment and fail.
0: I think that is great advice and that is definitely something that I had to learn because this is not how I started my business. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is my, exactly like you said, this is my income goal that I have and I'm going to make it within a year, of course, because everyone on Instagram does that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the cliche, um, but I definitely learned that, that uh, also what's the rush, right? Why Why do we have to do that now within within a short time frame? Like why? it's probably a way better idea to just have fun while doing it and enjoy it enjoy the process enjoy life as as you're living it um that's definitely something that I learned so i do definitely agree with the importance of failing and just learning lessons as you go and as you experiment is there anything that you started maybe a business or a business idea that you thought about starting and that you didn't go through with that you want to share with us
1: um when I was throwing some stuff on the wall I did present myself like as a coach like a life coach and so I was trying out you know some content and some products attempting to you know, sell the service, me as a as a coach. And I don't think that that was for me, not in that direct kind of fashion. That didn't seem to be what people wanted from me. So that, yeah, did not end up working.
0: Was that mostly because what you said that didn't seem like people didn't want it? Is there anything else that you, I don't know, like experienced that you were like, nope, this is not it. Uh, I need to move on to another idea another business idea or another experiment
1: well I mean aside from that nothing directly there wasn't anything else that I was specifically mm-hmm. selling um of course in the process of you know building the community and the podcast and the conference I've given up several times people just haven't known about that because <laughs> like this I don't like this anymore this is over for me um but then you know I'd take a nap and then it's fine um <laughs> Very relatable. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
0: asking because um, I find it personally very difficult to know when to stop and when to just like push through, basically. You know, there's always the advice that in entrepreneurship, you need some kind of dedication, consistency, and you just got to basically go for it until it works. But I also definitely see the value in pivoting and moving away from things that are not working for you. So, for me personally, I'm just like, as always, trying to find a balance in that. So, I was just wondering how you experienced that.
1: So, not in my Nomad journey, but I talked about some music stuff that I was doing in Atlanta. Um, I was producing some live shows, I produced the first music hackathon in Atlanta, which is where you get idea people who have ideas to improve the music industry and they match with the tech people so you have the designers programmers and they form an impromptu team and create something over a weekend and that is presented before judges who decide if it's a good viable something or not um i don't know that it failed i know that i gave A lot of money away. (laughs) So I had an app developed at one point. Um, I paid someone to create a website that never materialized. Like, So I don't know that it was a failed idea. I think that if I had persisted, something would have come from it. I think we're looking for something that's subscriptive, like, okay, if it doesn't take off within the first year, then you should give up. I have a friend, his name is John Wick. He's not really my friend, he's a made-up character. But everybody who, all the bad guys that talk about him just talk about how he is comprised of sheer will. And it's something I really admire. That and the ability to exact vengeance on those who have slighted you. Sheer will. I think that there's something to be said about you not giving up. I think there's something to be said about you persisting. And I think the most important thing that happens is the change that's inside you. It's the person that you become because it is a dance. You are in a relationship with your idea and you are not trying to force it. You're not trying to push it. You're trying to nurture it. And there's a certain amount of letting go that you have to do in that process in order to let your idea breathe and become what it's becoming. Because that forcing and that pushing and that meeting your deadlines, type of approach can absolutely stifle it especially as you're learning as you go a lot of us don't have an mba and i feel like even if you do have an mba there's just things that you can't account for the market for example
0: i have one it's not that helpful in running your own business i'm telling you <laughs> i know <this> firsthand <laughs>
1: thank you that was just a suspicion i had thank you for confirming that that's a sample <laughs> sample survey of one But I I just feel like there's so much that you are learning on the ground as you're moving, as you're trying to connect with people. Because someone could have the same idea and have a different output just because they're a different person, even if it's the exact same system, right? We're always looking for systems. We're always looking for these shortcuts. And, like, to an extent, some of them work. But it has something to do about how we do what we do. Walmart is Walmart because of the ambiance it has. Target is Target because of the ambiance it has. I don't know if you know those stores, but they're like big box brands, basically, where you go for everything. I know that's not a European thing much at all. Everybody else in the entire rest of the world seems to like to shop for things by speciality. So, like, you go to your bread store and you go to yeah. your meat store and you go to your cheese store. No, ma'am. In America, we just go to one place to get all our stuff and walk out with all the preservatives. So, anyway, <laughs> it is... I think that sheer will and that growing with your project, giving it that space to breathe, testing it out, letting people connect with you, and that vulnerability it takes for you to put part of yourself out there, because like, you're not your idea, right? And allow people to accept it or reject it, and figuring out how to grow that thing. So like, I think it's much more of a dance and trying to dance consistently to... See when it's going to hit. If 2020 hadn't happened the way that it happened, I don't know that the travel space, my travel niche specifically would have taken off how it's taken off. I don't even know that it's taken off because it's been, well, like almost five years now, right? But I've seen a lot of other groups grow massively because I only, I focus on a, a small subset, right? But I've seen a lot of groups grow massively overnight because they attract people who are trying to escape systemic racism in America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's called like black Blacksit.
0: Uh, so I think the question is not necessarily, can you make this idea work? But it's more, do you want this idea to work? Because you just got to put in a lot of yourself. So is that worth it or not? That's more the question instead of can you? Because you can basically make anything work. But that doesn't make it the best idea.
1: I mean, you look at so many of the greats who are considered the greats, you know, whose stories that we have access to and how like they died in poverty. But then like later on, you know, oh, this is really great stuff. You know, It's <laughs> like sometimes it's just a timing thing. Sometimes you're ahead of your time. I don't know. Like, but did you enjoy your life? Did you enjoy creating the thing that was important for you to create? I think that's what matters the most. And hopefully you don't die in poverty.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about Black women travel also, because I'm also wondering what are some things that you cover in your uh, membership and your podcast? Is there anything that we can take away from this episode that you want to share with us for Black women who travel?
1: Sure, sure. So I think that one of the main themes that consistently comes up specifically for Black women is that, like, is this for me? Like, is this a viable option for me? And because there's that initial fear in the pit of their stomach, they get caught up in the logistics. When you do that, you don't give yourself the opportunity to explore the ways that this is for you. And then it's also about the money, how a lot of them are not retirement age, so they still need to pull in some coins. So a lot of them also reach for remote work. Um, And I was going to say to what you said earlier, it's like, what is the point of leaving and you recreating these systems that you just came out of? So sure, you got a remote job and you could pay your bills, but you may find yourself in the same headspace being using part of yourself during this day job which could be draining, which could lead you to not exploring the thing that you actually want to explore that comes from the very marrow of your bones, you know? And so it's those two things, getting caught up in the logistics and being afraid of the money and falling back on the known path that Black women face.
0: And how can people overcome that?
1: It's fairly simple. You know how, you know, to keep your teeth healthy, you got to do the mundane things. You got to brush them at least twice a day, right? You got to floss, maybe throw in some mouthwash in there, you know? It's the same when you're trying to make any type of change in your life. It takes awareness. It takes you sitting with yourself, sitting with those feelings. It takes a lot of emotional intelligence and that's really what I lean on because all the rest of it is figure outable. People think that they come to me for strategy. You don't come to me for strategy. You come to me so that you can give yourself permission to do the thing that you really want to do and know that you are supported in doing that because this process is a process of building trust in yourself as you are figuring things out and knowing that it'll be okay because you've overcome so much in the past and you'll continue to overcome things in the future and it's literally okay. So I think that's, I think that's the answer to both things. Practicing that awareness, getting into your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One reason why I love your podcast also is because you hear so many stories from different people and you can see, okay, if she can do it, if she can do it, if she can do it, if Wanda can do it, then maybe I can do it too, right? And that is why I think there is so much value in storytelling and in sharing content and creating content and platforms like like yours, because you can inspire people so much with the content that you share. Um, So I think that's super cool. What is what is your lifestyle like now? Are you still traveling? Uh, do you have a home base? Yeah. What 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 does your life look like now, Wanda?
1: So I haven't been back to the states in six years, and so I'm technically traveling, <laughs> um, but not with <laughs> a lot of gusto because of the pandemic or whatever. So I've been trying to, you know, shelter in place still. So that has looked like me making COVID moves, what I call COVID moves. So like I spent nine months in Albania. My visa was almost up. And so I came to Tbilisi, Georgia because they give Americans a year. So that's what my travel has looked like recently. I was a slow traveler before that anyway, when I was in Southeast Asia. So I would, you know, stay as long as the visa allowed usually. But I'm trying to travel even slower these days.
0: And how is Tbilisi? Because it is high on my list. I was actually planning to go to Tbilisi in the summer of, I think, is it 2020? Yeah, 2020 is when the pandemic started, right? That summer, I was planning to go to Tbilisi, but then, yeah, pandemic and everything, so I, we didn't go. But it's still high on my list. So what is your experience there?
1: I am constantly amazed at how very different all of these countries are. <laughs> um And you never know what a country will be like for you until you get there. And you're walking around in your skin and your body type and your hair and, like, all that good stuff, your energy. Tbilisi is interesting. It is interesting. I don't know that I love it, but I also don't necessarily (laughs) hate it either. I think, like, places are just like a mixed bag. But there are some really cool things about it. The co-working scene is really nice here. I didn't have that in Albania. So that has been really, really wonderful. There's lots of events going on, which is probably why COVID is still soaring here. I think the numbers went up maybe like 100% as of January. So it's like, I want to play, but like, do I want to die playing kind of thing? So it's like kind of weird like that. But yes, overall, I am excited to explore more, I would say. It's not repulsive enough for me to want to leave quite yet. <laughs>
0: You're really selling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's um, what I got.
0: How is the digital nomad community there at the moment because of COVID and everything? I mean, I know that just like the whole world is different. So uh, is there a digital nomad community right now?
1: Yeah, there is. It's actually established by one of the ladies here that opened up a co-living space. So she has the Tbilisi Digital Nomads group. I think it's 2019 that they started that. So, like, it's grown a lot, I think, in the last few years. But yeah, like, there uh the events that are happening. A lot of them are uh, digital nomad specific. In at her co living space, she has like quite a few events on her own. There are other co working places, or, you know, there's the group and like people organize stuff amongst themselves sometimes as well. And it's like a, a wide variety. You have, like, comedy night and, like, people meet and play games and, I don't know, all types of, <laughs> there's a, a tango dancing night, something, something, not maybe not tango, but, like, Latin dance or something. So I think that it's pretty flamboyant came to my mind. <laughs> but, I yes, I think it's active.
0: Okay, okay. Accept. That that sounds good at least. (laughs) You might stay for a year, but um, you're not sure yet if you're going to leave within the year. We'll
1: see. (laughs) We'll see. You know how it is when you travel.
0: Plans change. This
1: is the thing, like as a a slow traveler, the romantic phase like ends (laughs) semi-quickly, I think. Because if you're thinking about staying somewhere long term, you're just like, wow, this stuff pisses me off. Like, can I live through this (laughs) or not? Versus when you're, you know, romantically short traveling, like, I'm just going to be here for a week. I don't care. Let's party. You know, you're just like going around taking pictures and stuff like that. Like, like, you don't you're just looking at all the things that are lovely through your rose colored glasses versus. It's very
0: different. Yes, absolutely. So, has there been one destination that has been nearly perfect?
1: No, I can't say. There are places I would go back to Indonesia and Thailand, I would go back to. But I found it hard to have local friends, and that's really important to me. But that's because I'm also trash at learning other languages. Like, I know Spanish, but like, I haven't really, you know, done the Duolingo thing. Like, I just, (laughs) I've been trying to build a business, like. Mm And take naps. Like I haven't had yeah. time. I haven't made that a priority. So no, there's not been anywhere where I'm like, hey, this feels like me. Which is also frightening in a sense, because it's like, mm. well, where is that place? So you just have to travel to find it. But like when am I gonna be able to travel again? So I'm it's an existential downward spiral that I'm having right now. So I'll just I'll just stop.
0: Okay. I won't ask any more <laughs> questions about
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But
0: I'm, yeah, relatable. Uh there's always pros and cons for every place and yeah i definitely see that places are never perfect i also think it it is really i mean at least for me it really depends on the people that i meet there even if they're fellow digital nomads which is also fine but if i have a good group of people um that i can hang out with then the place is 10 times as much fun. And I have so many fond memories, but it also makes it a little bit scary to go back because those people are not there anymore. So then the pressure is really high to have a really good time with different people. I don't know if that's going to be a good idea or
1: not. Nomad breakups are the toughest. I had my first in Chiang Mai. They're really tough because it's like, when am I going to see you again, if ever? Now you're just in the abyss of my Facebook friends or Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you have to be like really intentional, like keeping in touch with people that you may not have never see. Yeah. But yeah, uh, community is really important. Yeah. Um, that's why I've tried to build it digitally to not be so location dependent for that. But it's exactly what you said. I think that's also part of the charm of Tbilisi is like I've been able to have in a short amount of time really lovely conversation with some Georgian women. They are just like really open-minded in examining the roles that they play, you know, as daughter. And maybe they're not married. And what is that going to look like uh, coming from a more traditional culture that, you know, prioritizes family and stuff like that? And so that's really fascinating and rich and meany to me. And also like, you know, just a uh, communication. There's the give and the take. You know, it's not you trying to control people like, hey, let's meet up. Let's go do the blah, blah. Like they're also like, hey, I'm doing this. Come out. And it's just like, oh, that's People do that. Yeah, I, yes, I like that. <laughs> Let's get together. So that's exactly it. Uh, that's super important to digital nomads is having some sense of community and like where is that happening and how it is that happening somewhat consistently, like you said.
0: Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Um, so well, now, where can people find more information about Black Women Travel and about the podcast?
1: Um, you can go straight to Black Women Travel, and that's T R A V L, BlackWomenTravel dot com, and there's a link to the podcast, which is just podcast dot dot com, and you can see what I'm up to.
0: Yeah, we will also make sure to link all the links to add all the links to the show notes, so you can just go there, find all the links there. Is there another way for people to follow you? Are you uh, you're also on Instagram, right?
1: Yes, I am. Uh, the account I use the most is BWT Pod. So, like, that's Black Women Travel BWT Pod on Instagram. It's on Twitter, uh, of course, on Facebook. Got a LinkedIn page too. You're into that? Got a TikTok? Don't use it. yet. Yeah, yeah, everywhere.
0: Okay. Cool. So uh, we can see what your next move is after Tbilisi and when you'll find that place that is nearly perfect. (laughs) Thank you for coming on the podcast, Wanda. It was really cool hearing your story and hearing about the amazing platform that that you've built. And I'm just gonna listen to some more episodes of yours.
1: Thank you so much, Anna. It was such a, a privilege and a pleasure to be on your show. And I look forward to checking out more episodes of yours
0: and that's it for today thank you so much for listening i appreciate it very very much i would appreciate it even more if you could leave a review on apple podcasts for me that way more people can find this podcast more people can hear the inspiring stories that we're sharing and the more people we can impact for the better so thank you so much if you are going to leave a review i really appreciate you